0: This morning's our privilege to welcome some new members into our fellowship, and uh, they are Rachel Glenn. Uh, She is Christian Taylor's fiance. if you've not met Rachel yet. She is a wonderful young lady, godly young lady, and we're glad to have her to become a part of our fellowship. I didn't see Rachel. Is Rachel here? We're right over there. Yes. (laughs) as her fiancé stands up and does like this. but uh, uh, We are glad to have her. And then we have Phil and Cheryl Johnson seated right here. Raise your hands there. Yes, we're glad to have them as part of our fellowship. What is the motion of the church that we receive them? No moved and seconded. All in favor say amen. All opposed say I'll give their tithe for them. Okay, (laughs) we certainly welcome all of you into our fellowship. Let me remind you of a couple of things. Next Monday will be our virtual Vacation Bible School. We've already had in-house Vacation Bible School, but starting next Monday will be Virtual Vacation Bible School. It'll be available on our website. You can register at douradobaptist.com slash VBS. And be ready and get your material. It'll be ready to pick up next Sunday. I'm looking at Kimmy. I'm... Anyway, it'll be ready to pick up. So you can get your material to go along with that. Then I want to ask you, if you have not signed up yet, I don't know if it's too late or not, but our senior adults are going to Oasis 2021 at First Baptist Trustful on uh, the 29th. That's Thursday. Uh, Thursday week so you'll want to be a part of that if you're not already a part of it and then this Thursday we have New Beginning Fellowship for the first time since COVID even started all right and Brother Tommy's looking forward to that and I know all of our senior adults are looking forward to that also that'll be in the fellowship hall and lunch and the entertainment is provided you will not want to miss Ron and Claudia Henderson. They will be back with us, and uh, as most of you know, Ron grew up at Dalry Baptist Church, and he and Claudia have been in full-time music evangelism for a lot of years, and they're going to be with our senior adults on uh, Thursday at their luncheon. So I'll remind you of that, and you can just take advantage of those opportunities in the days to come. As we continue our preparations for the Book Bag School Supplies Outreach Ministry on August the 8th, we'll continue today to walk through the faith gospel presentation in order that our church can be fully prepared for this special evangelistic event. Many of you are already signed up to help with the packing of the backpacks on August the first, and then some have already signed up and others will, I hope, to be a part of the training at 5 o'clock following that 3 o'clock time of uh, packing the backpacks, and then we'll do an intense training there for an hour starting at 5 so that you can share your faith, and if you've not yet done so, let me encourage you to sign up to be a worker at the outreach mission that we're going to have on August the 8th of the Backpack School Supply Giveaway. This must be a total church involvement and endeavor in order for it to be successful. I trust your church family can count on you to be a part of this very special event. As we give away the Backpacks with School supplies. Uh, in a very needed time this year, but also to have the opportunity to share Jesus with those. There will be food and fun and all that kind of stuff, sort of like our family fun day, a carnival-type atmosphere, but we will share the gospel to the entire group, and you'll want to be prepared to talk to individuals about Jesus. In order that we might be prepared for this church-wide mission, as you know, I've been preaching through the faith outline for delivering the gospel uh, for the past several weeks. I want your hearts and your minds to be saturated with the truth that is contained in the faith outreach ministry. It has an outline or just words and a little bit of supporting scripture. There's really not a whole lot to memorize but I'm going through this so that you may have a better understanding of what this gospel is we're presenting how in-depth the message is and that your heart will be so saturated with the truth of Jesus and his coming and his death on the cross and his resurrection and the forgiveness and a life eternal in heaven that is offered because of that. I want our hearts and minds to be so saturated with this truth that we have a better understanding of what faith, the faith message is all about and a clear picture to, as to what is encompassed with each point of the faith outline as we will be sharing it. If not, it can so easily to be understood as a one, two, three point step by step of receiving Jesus as Savior it is not it is indeed a clear and precise short version of the gospel message and how someone can come to know Jesus and we will have talked about on these six Sundays preceding the August 8th event. But if your heart is completely saturated with these truths, if your mind has gone over these things time and time again through my teaching and preaching on Sunday morning and through our training, and and maybe you've been through the faith training before, it will be so easy. You will not be afraid. You will not be nervous to talk to anybody about the truth of what is presented in the faith outreach outline we have looked at for two Sundays on the subject of God's forgiveness that I'll remind you. We have rather thoroughly studied the attributes of God's forgiveness as we've walked through that and as being the only possible way for anyone to have forgiveness of sin and to go to heaven whenever they should die. His forgiveness cannot be earned It is not deserved. We cannot do anything to deserve it. It is freely offered through the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection is made available by his resurrection. God's forgiveness is available to everyone who will believe and trust Jesus and profess him as Lord and Savior. But it is not automatic. We have understood that. One must trust in him, believe on him, and embrace him as personal Lord and Savior. Even that is a work of God in an individual's life. It's not of the mind. It's not of, of the flesh. It's not someone just deciding, you know, I think I'm just going to get saved where I can go to heaven. It is all the work of God. God's Holy Spirit does the convicting God's Holy Spirit does the drawing. And God's Holy Spirit even gives the faith to believe and trust in that as being the truth. And then a miracle takes place. A wonderful miracle takes place when, when it is presented and it's received. And someone by faith trusts in the finished work of Jesus. They pass from being dead in trespasses in sin to being alive in Christ Jesus. They pass from being bound for an eternity in a place of suffering and torment called hell into the promise of eternal life in a wonderful place provided by God for all who believe called heaven and the beautiful place that Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. But that is reserved only for those who trust in him, believe on him and confess him as Lord and Savior. And so this is a very important event, a very important thing in our lives as we walk through this to present the truth of who Jesus is. The scripture declare that God must do the drawing and inviting through his Holy Spirit. So we can't go around on that Sunday afternoon and try to drill it into somebody's head. You, you can't get in an argument with them. There's no need of doing that that does not need to be defended. It is the truth of God. It stands on its own truth and without us having to defend it. There is no reason for anyone to get upset with us. I trust that will never happen. It's because we're simply in love offering them the message of the gospel. We're not trying to hammer it. We're not trying to force it. We cannot do that. We cannot change a person's heart. We cannot, we cannot cause a person to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot force them and even persuade them through all of our knowledge and abilities and our persuasive powers to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. That part is totally the work of God. Matter of fact salvation in its totality is the work of God and not of man in any way our job is as those who have already believed already trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior just to be the instruments through which the gospel passes to be that one that will be willing to be used of God and share what Jesus has done for us Share what he has done for them and offer them the opportunity to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Today we want to look at the third letter of faith. We've looked at forgiveness. We've looked at A, available but not automatic. And today we want to look at I, impossible. Impossible. It is impossible for God to allow sin into heaven. Now, I know folks say, well, nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Yes, but God has chosen in His own wisdom and in His own will that there are some things He will not do. And because He has made that choice and made it evident in His Scripture that that is His choice, that the only way to die and go to heaven, the only way to live forever is through what his son has done on the cross by dying a death and suffering a penalty that every person should suffer, and he did it for us. And by believing and trusting in that finished work and asking him to save you, a person can come to faith in Christ and be gloriously saved. Now, that sounds basic and fundamental. And some would consider Unnecessary to mention that God will not allow sin into heaven, but there is so much involved in that simple statement of it's impossible for God to allow sin into heaven. The scripture teaches us, the scriptures teach us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Other words, God is holy, God is purity. God is righteousness, and in his purity and holiness and righteousness, God has no sin whatsoever. And he will not fellowship with sin. That same passage goes on to say, if we walk and live in darkness and sin, we cannot be in fellowship with God, because he is holy, he is pure, he is righteous, he is sinless. Therefore, he will not allow sinful man to have fellowship with the holy God and live in heaven with him. It is only through the forgiveness that is offered through Jesus Christ, his son. You know, there are a lot of religions in the world. Matter of fact, some of that is constantly being forced down our throats. And everyone wants to say every. It, you know, wants us to say that all religions are the same and equal. And, and listen, I respect what someone else believes. I'm not going to get in a shouting match with them. I'm not going to get in an argument with them. I take them at what they say. But I'll be willing to share the truth of what God has done and who Jesus is. But there are a lot of religions. But did you know, only Christianity, hear this, only Christianity knows the savior there is no other religion in all of the world that has a savior no one else has ever died for the sins of his followers no one else has been resurrected from the dead to give life to his followers you see jesus is the only son of god Jesus is God in the flesh, became flesh for us and dwelt among us that we might behold the glory and the righteousness of the Father presented in the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived without sin. He lived in total purity and total obedience to the Father's will in every day, every second, every microsecond of his life on this earth there was not one time that he was out of the father's perfect will and matter of fact he even said it this way and you've heard me quote this time and time again jesus said the father and i are one when you've seen me you've seen the father when i speak the father is speaking when i work the father is working we are inseparably one and so we understand jesus is the perfect sinless son of god and he came and became our sins what god said was and when you sin you shall surely die and because of that man walks in literal death spiritual death and the only way to be born spiritually is through the finished work of jesus on the cross and that we can know him be forgiven be given life in him. You see, before a person receives Jesus, they're they're spiritually dead. There is no life there. Matter of fact, the Bible goes so far to say in Romans that before we're saved, we're enemies of God. And so when we talk to folks about Jesus, you need to understand that they are in a position of being an enemy of God. They're in a position of being an unbeliever. They're in a position of dying and going to hell. They're in a position where they do not know the truth and have never had the opportunity perhaps to respond to the truth and to hear the wonderful message of the gospel. And let me tell you something, sharing the gospel is not like carrying on a conversation with anybody about anything else. You can talk about medicine. You can talk about disease. You can talk about your personal problems. You can talk about science. You can talk about math. You can talk about biology. You can talk about all the things in the world. But when you talk to somebody about Jesus, it is not something that is innately in the other person. You cannot learn it from books. You can only know who he is by simple childlike faith, trusting him to be Lord and Savior. So when you present the gospel to someone who's not saved, you're talking to someone who's alienated from God. You're talking to someone who has no spirituality whatsoever. There, there's no depth to a spiritual being there. They are spiritually dead. They are lost in trespasses and sin. They have no hope of eternity. They're just living life, hoping that somewhere, when they die one day, they're going to go to heaven. You know, everybody thinks, if you walk around and talk to folks about it, everybody thinks everybody's going to heaven when they die. If you don't believe it, go to the funeral home with me sometime, and walk in and find a family there that the loved one has never darkened the door of the church, has used God's name only in vain, and has lived a hellacious life, and that sorry unsaved and i use the word sorry loosely that unsaved individual lying there in that coffin dead as a doornail no life whatsoever not in that bad body nor in the spiritual part that has departed he has no life and they'll say oh he's in a better place than we are let me tell you something he's not in a better place than we are outside of christ There is no hope of heaven. Outside of Christ, there is no hope of living forever. Outside of Christ, there is no way to receive that offer of God's forgiveness. Outside of Christ, there is nothing to live for or nothing to gain. But oh my goodness, in Christ, in Christ, we find the truth, we find life, we find forgiveness, we find love, we find peace, we find joy, we find belonging to a fellowship in Christ Jesus, and we find the most wonderful life that can ever be had, and that's to know him as Lord and Savior. But those who we'll be talking to, many of them have, now there'll be some Christians here, I understand that, that aren't part of our church, and and we'll just love them and, and, and tell them if, if they really were right, they'd become a part of our church, right? <laughs> no, we'll just invite them to be a part of our church and come and worship with us. But most of those will not have any relationship with Jesus. They've never heard the simple truth of the gospel. They've never heard that there's only way, one way to go to heaven. No one has ever confronted them. But let me tell you something about the faith presentation I've experienced it time and time and time again. I never cease to be amazed. When I start presenting the faith message, it's simply the gospel, just declaring it in a simple outline of F-A-I-T-H. And you walk through that outline, you start out with a diagnostic question, what do you think it takes for a person to go to heaven? And you'll get all kinds of answers. Most of the folks, I think, well, if you do good, you'll go to heaven you know, I, I think if you treat folks right, don't steal and don't murder anybody, you go to heaven. Well, those are all fine things and a wonderful way to live, but none of those things take you to heaven. Because they don't cover up. They do not get rid of the sin that is innately part of every human being. And so you just simply say, can I, simply say, can I tell you how the Bible answers that question? How God's Word answers that question. And you just walk through that just simply. It's a matter of forgiveness. And that forgiveness is available. It's not automatic. Not everybody receives it because not everybody will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. For you see, the reason that's necessary is because it is impossible for anyone to go to heaven that is not trusted in God. Why? Because God will not allow sin in the heaven he will not fellowship with sin there is absolutely no sin there is no rebellion there there's no unforgiveness there is nothing in heaven that's not totally holy righteous and perfect in god and he will not allow sin in heaven why because he's a just god he is a just god and you see Just being just requires justice. And he is the one who requires justice. And the penalty of sin is death, spiritual death. And spiritual death means you're alienated, separated away from life in Jesus Christ. And you are sentenced to a godless eternity where there is no life But instead, it is a dying forever, never reaching the end. It is a place where it is an awful place called, and we'll not get into that in the faith outline, but it's an awful place called hell for those who never turn to Jesus. God does the providing. God is provided through his only son who took our sins on the cross and died for us. He has made it available through the life in Christ Jesus who rose from the dead, lives today, has ascended back to the right hand of the Father there to intercede for those who receive him as Lord and Savior. And he sent his Holy Spirit who works in the world today. And you see, what we're dependent upon is when we share the faith message when we're walking around on these grounds out there on that Sunday afternoon of August the 8th, and we're walking around and we're greeting people and we're having a good time and, and the kids are going up and down the slides in the obstacle course and, and the balloon man's out there and he's making all kinds of animals and, and, and depictions for them and giving them to them, you know, and they're standing in line. When they're eating their hot dogs and chips and drinking their water or, or Coke or what other soft drink we'll be offering. When they're doing all of those things, our joy, our privilege, is to be the messenger of the greatest news anyone can ever be told. That's the good news of Jesus. It is not our job to convict them. It's not our job to convince them. Our job is to share the truth, and then give the opportunity for them to co- come to know the Lord, and we'll talk about that later. But it's interesting to know, and we need to remember that, that God does not allow sin into heaven. God is love. He loves his creation. He loves his creation of man, I should say, so genuinely that he has proven that love through that death of Christ on the cross in that awful moment when as second corinthians 5:21 says for he the one who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness purity holiness perfection of god in him why because god is just god is not only will not allow sin into heaven but he is a just god and man is sinful the bible states in romans 3:23 all of the human race has sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so god provided a way He provided a way for sinful man to be forgiven and to receive eternal life in heaven with him. Next week, we'll talk about how does sinful man receive eternal life. But perhaps in this very room, are you watching at home? You've never come into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus. You've heard the gospel maybe time after time. Perhaps you've been in a situation where someone else was sharing their faith and their testimony. Maybe you're old enough to have heard Dr. Billy Graham preaching his crusades many times. Or you've seen some of the videos of him preaching and heard him. Perhaps you belong to a group that meets occasionally and someone opens up with a devotion and you've heard the truth of God's word, but you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. What a great opportunity. What a wonderful day to say, yes, Lord, come into my life, be my Savior, and give me forgiveness, everlasting life. We invite you to do that today. If you're at home, I invite you to pray this prayer that I'm going to to voice. If you're here in the room, I invite you to pray this prayer. And when the invitation is given, if you would like to come, I'd love to talk with you and share with you that you can express your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're at home and you pray to receive Christ, please call me tomorrow at 272-272. 2412, our church number, and ask for Brother Rick, and I'll be glad to talk with you and perhaps even meet with you so that you can know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let me tell you something. What we're doing is important. What we're talking about is the gospel message. What I'm preaching through is to give us a saturation of what the gospel is all about that our minds can not have to stop and pause and think about it. It's just a part of who we are that we know these things and we can share it because we've experienced forgiveness in Jesus. We know life in him. We know the truth of the gospel. And what a joy we have to be able to share it everywhere with everyone. If you'd like to pray that prayer, you can just pray it after I state it. Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he came born of a virgin and that he lived a perfect, sinless life. And Father, I believe that he went to the cross and died for my sins. So that I could have forgiveness. Lord I admit to you. I am a sinner. I'm in need. Of your forgiveness. So right now. I believe on the Lord Jesus. I ask him to come into my life and heart. And to be my savior. And Lord. Forgive me. And give me that everlasting life. Thank you that you promised whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. And I call on you and trust you to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you know what to do. Let's stand together. If you pray this prayer today, we would love to talk with you. We invite you to call our church office at 334 272 2412.